The shofar is a ceremonial ram's horn blown on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. You can buy your very own authentic Israeli-made shofar anywhere in the world by visiting thegreatshofar.com. Handcrafted in Israel according to the highest standards by rabbis in Israel. For free shipping, enter the code INR on the website checkout page. That's INR for Israel National Radio. Get your very own shofar at thegreatshofar.com. Quality Judaica from Israel. That's thegreatshofar.com. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. This is the Noahide Nation Show, and we do appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm your co-host, uh, Ray Patterson, and of course, you're probably getting familiar with uh, my new co-host, Prescott Johnson. Prescott, uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well today, Ray. Thank you. And uh, how are things in Texas? Actually, uh, things are things are okay. I mean, we're in in winter here. Uh, we've actually experienced uh, a little snow in the in the Dallas area, and you know, had some snow in Houston uh, not too long ago. So you know, winter is is definitely settled in. So, global global cooling. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's this week's version. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's great to to have you on board and i do oh, want to i do want to share and and uh with our our old audience and welcome in our new audience we have a new radio station who is carrying the noahide nation show and baruch hashem for that and it is the radio station is called radio shalom at 1650 a.m in montreal canada bonjour so we do want we we do <laughs> we do want to welcome uh, all those folks to the show, and we hope that you'll be interested in sending us emails and and letting us know your thoughts and asking questions. And you can certainly do that at uh, noahide at israelnationalradio.com. So thanks uh, uh, for being here. And as you probably can tell by the name of the show, we are Noahides. And uh, we believe in the seven laws of Noah. And in fact, Prescott, why don't you go through the seven laws real quick here? Sure. Yeah, the uh, Shavah Mitzvot, the seven laws, uh, begin with idolatry, uh, the prohibition against idolatry, prohibition against blasphemy, a prohibition against committing murder, prohibition uh, against sexual sin, a prohibition against theft, uh, a little more on that later, and a prohibition against eating the limb of a living animal. And in order to tie all of these together, we are required to establish courts of justice to implement these laws for the betterment of mankind. Beautiful. And in fact, I have. there's no question in my mind that if everyone on planet Earth were to adhere to the seven laws uh, given to mankind to follow by Hashem, by our Creator, we would actually experience world peace. don't know if our hearts would be able to handle that, but <laughs> I know that I, I, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to try. So, <laughs> you're, you're, uh, not, you're not suggesting that there are people who would be happier with uh, discontent and chaos and, uh, and so on, are you? 
You know, oddly enough, I am. <laughs> there are folks like that that uh, actually, uh, if, if everything were to become peaceful and there was nothing to really worry about, I don't think they would know what to do. Uh, you know, I think they would uh, uh, curl up into the fetal position and uh, wait for life to end. But like I say, I, I think it would be worthwhile in giving it a try. Uh, I think you're right. <laughs> And as uh, Prescott mentioned, uh, uh, we're going to be getting into theft. He said we'd be exploring that a little later, and we indeed are. As you know, we've already done one show on theft, and we really wanted to do this show, you know, following immediately after the the last show, but we couldn't do that because we wound up, uh, you know, getting real lucky. Hashem really blessed us by allowing us an opportunity to interview Mm. uh, Sam Glaser. And uh, that was really a, a wonderful uh, chance that we got to interview and, and be with him for, for an hour. Yeah, I Sam's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get caught up here on theft. Theft itself is obviously forbidden. And you have to kind of look at it in a real simple terms that the world is not ours to do as we please. And, and it's truly not. And theft is a main category. There's actually the, the seven Noahide laws, which are seven categories. And so, therefore, theft is its own category. And then there's subcategories uh, uh, within that. Uh, for example, under theft is against stealing. Uh, also along with that is against committing robbery. Now, there is indeed a difference between stealing and robbery. Stealing is uh, basically you're committing theft and, and no one is actually witnessing you doing it. And the only one that knows is Hashem. Robbery is committed basically anywhere, anytime, in front of anybody, and oftentimes is accompanied with violence. A few of the others, just to you know, make mention of them, is, is against the shifting of, of property lines, you know, landmarks, uh, against cheating, against overcharging people, against coveting and, and desiring, and uh, also a biggie is uh, against kidnap. And there's, there's actually more, uh, but those are you know, some of the uh, ones that you may be familiar with just from our living life. These are some that we encounter uh, quite regularly. And the reason we're doing theft, folks, is because theft is a very, very serious commandment to adhere to. As we mentioned in the last show, uh, quite literally, uh, Hashem made the decision to destroy all flesh because of theft, because of robbery. And it's mentioned multiple times in the Torah, uh, because the earth was filled with robbery. And that was the reason for the destruction of, of all flesh. So we want to kind of uh, get to get into this and you know kind of ask ourselves the question: Why would Hashem destroy man over theft? I mean, you know, for me, it makes common sense, and maybe to you too, Prescott, that it, that it would be idolatry. You would think that that would be the one that he would really respond to, yeah. given the jealous God that he is. Uh, yeah, and uh, and so I guess it does raise the question then why why then was there such a uh, a severe consequence to theft and robbery, at least uh, from the indication of the original Hebrew in the text that it wasn't really about idolatry uh, that uh, that Noah was commanded to build an ark to spare himself and his family that it, that it really had to do with this. Uh, this violence and and this uh, thievery that was taking place at the time, it, actually, and that brings in my mind, 
you know, we, we say, why, why, did, uh, why did Hashem uh, judge the earth? And a question that I had asked in, in my mind was, well, why were they committing theft to begin with? You know, it's <laughs> a good question. And, and 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 where this kind of took me, uh, and 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 then I'll hand it back over to you. Where this thought kind of took me was that Adam and Eve, of course, when they were removed from the garden, <clears throat> they were basically told that by the sweat of the brow they were going to work the land. And mm-hmm. um, and as I remember from our our first uh, show on theft, you had mentioned how that one of the problems was this moving. Uh, the boundary stone that would indicate where one person's property ended and where another person's property began. And why would they be doing this? Why would they be moving those boundaries? And it was because mankind was in a state of needing to survive, that it wasn't easy to produce food. And therefore, there was this intense amount of work. And not everybody was interested in working hard, I suspect. Uh, and that it would be a lot easier, and as as we will discover, one of the problems with theft is that people find it easier to take things from other people than to go out and earn them themselves. And so my suspicion is, is that the theft uh, crept into society because they no longer had fear of God and and began committing idolatry, which I think we talked about in the first show, and then, of course, moved into this, if you don't fear God, then it you're not going to fear man. And so you begin taking from man uh, what doesn't belong to you. And uh, the consequence of that, of course, is that uh, when you feel that you've gotten away with theft, then it's a lot easier to actually become violent in taking what you believe belongs to you. So, um, Right, right, right. So, well, and it's interesting you, you say that because uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that even if you – you know, you, you, somebody were to steal something that is really of insignificant value, which was, you know, by and large, a big part of, of the problem back in, in that day. Because, you know, let's say, for example, that there was a farmer came into town and he's selling corn, ears of corn. And uh, a person would come by and steal one ear. And then another person would come by and steal an, uh, one ear. A third person would come by and steal an ear. And he, the, the, the farmer had no recourse with the law because people were only stealing one ear. <laughs> and yet, if everybody stole one ear, the poor farmer would have nothing left to sell. Right. So you can see that you know, it, it is a byproduct of, of people stealing just one ear the farmer and his family went hungry. Yeah, well, which uh, somehow doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well, well, and and given how hard it was for them to produce that, uh, and 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 one of the reasons, uh, I guess, why uh, it's my understanding why Noah, his name means rest, is that uh, one of his achievements was the creation of tools that made it easier to produce the food to feed oneself. And being able to do that means that if if you're able to now feed yourselves with less work, then there then as even we find during periods of recession, that when it's harder for people to make money or or uh, you know look after themselves, they will begin finding ways of taking what doesn't belong to them. That the temptation becomes greater to take something that they aren't able to get themselves, and so. You know Noah's contribution in terms of making tools and implements now allows uh, people to actually produce for themselves, and this is why it's so important uh, in when when you have a bad economy, you need jobs because people need to be earning money to to support themselves, and if you're not giving them jobs, 
then they're going to find other ways to get what they need. Well, and it's only human nature to want to survive. Yeah. And it's only human nature for a parent to want to, you know, at, at the risk of their own life, be able to take care of their family. Yeah, and not ju- and not using that as a justification for doing wrong. Right. But uh, yeah, but it, it's definitely not a means to an end. You, I mean, you can't be viewed that way. Yeah. But still, you can see how uh, it can happen. Yeah. And as much as you would might have sympathy for the individual who's trying to take care of his family who might be starving. It, it, we still need to realize that it's theft nonetheless, and that's exactly how uh, Hashem views it. Now, there was a, an interesting story on the, on the news uh, about a guy who had come into a store with a baseball bat, and he had, uh, had threatened to you know, beat on the guy behind the counter and was demanding all of his money. Well, the guy kneeled down behind the counter and pulled up a shotgun. <laughs> And this guy with the bat immediately dropped to his knees and said, you know, exactly what we're talking about. He was trying to, to feed his family. Yeah. He's got kids, and, and, and they're hungry, and I'm, I'm just trying to, 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 to feed them, to survive. And this guy behind the counter, with gun in hand, by the way, he reached into the uh, register, grabbed, I think he said it was $40, and came out from behind the counter and gave the guy $40 and told him never to steal again. Yeah. Promise me. Tell me out loud. You're not going to steal again. The guy told him that he wasn't going to steal again, and the store owner uh, just told him, well, go ahead and get on out of here and grab a loaf of bread on your way out. Wow. And lo and behold, a few months after that, the individual who had, who had tried to rob the store that day wrote this man a letter <laughs> thanking him for what he had done, and enclosed in the letter was a $50 bill. Wow. He had repented, and not only repented, but actually paid back what he had been given that day. That's a that's incredible. That is. I mean, that's a gives me tingles just yeah. talking about yeah. it. Yeah, because I, I, I do believe that it's kind of, and I don't know that we would call it an exception to the rule, but if, if I remember in one of the books that I was reading, that it is permissible to take something without permission if it is done with the intent that as soon as you can pay it back, you are going to pay it back. And and, in other words, you can't by by robbery or force do it, but if you are in a position, if you're starving to death and there is food there in front of you, you don't know who it belongs to, that you can only take it with the intention of paying it back or compensating the owner uh, as soon as possible. And uh, as I say, I don't know that I would call that a an exception to the rule uh, so much as it is one of the recognitions in the Torah, of course, is the, the sanctity of life. If you're about to starve to death, right. then then there is kind of a, I guess, if you want to call it a leniency there. If you want to clarify that, uh, uh, if, if, I, if I've misspoken. <laughs> well, uh, I know that there are uh, people, you know, hides and rabbis alike, that would want to discuss that further. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we have the time uh, in this uh, show to be able to do that, but you, you are exactly right. The, the foundation of Torah is the preservation of life. It's, it's the whole idea of creation is life. Yeah. So there, there is something to be said for that, but I, I just don't think we're going to be able to get into a, an in-depth yeah, discussion on that. And it's, it's not an, a justification for a guy taking a, a bat into a store and holding the guy up, right? Okay, I'm not, no. I don't, I'm not even going near there. I just, 
Yeah, we don't want to give people reasons and excuses to uh, to, to do these kinds of things. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you're right. Obviously, the preservation of life is a priority, and uh, who knows, maybe one day we can have a, a rabbi uh, on board with us during the show and elaborate yeah. uh, halakhically, you know, what, what it means uh, in that particular uh, scenario. But let's, you know, get back to your question and, and mine and probably many out there. Why would Hashem destroy man uh, for, for theft? You know, we can start back in, in, in Genesis 6.13, Breshit 6 and 13, uh, where it says, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with robbery through them, and behold, I am about to destroy them from the earth. We see that, number one, because Hashem had provided these laws, six of these laws to Adam and Eve, and then, of course, seventh one with, with Noah, uh, that of not eating the limb of a living animal, we, we know that theft and robbery weren't allowed. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was just that simple. It just was not allowed. And because of how much robbery was going on. I mean, it wasn't just simple little things. It, it was everything in every form you can imagine, uh, both nonviolently and violently. Basically, robbery is almost a slap in the face of Hashem, heaven forbid, because you are basically telling Hashem by stealing property from another individual that he was wrong, that Hashem is wrong and that he shouldn't have given <laughs> that property to that person. That's in essence. That's yep. what you're saying. Yep. That that you somehow are more deserving than that individual, and here you don't even know this individual, and you're using that as a justification. And it, it's really, I mean, people don't really think of it in those terms, but in essence, they should. Well, well, you because could because it's a betrayal of Hashem. Yeah, you you could uh, someone who was clever and and wanted to use clever words, he could say, well, the you know the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Therefore, I'm not really taking it from this other person uh, because it all belongs to to God. But uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. But at, at Rosh Hashanah, it's a portion to each individual what they will receive from Hashem that year. Right. And if that's the case, then the responsibility or the the ownership, if we want to call it that, has been passed on or has been given to that individual. So you are, it is quite an affront to take something from someone else because you are taking something that Hashem has given to that person. Right, and you really hit the nail on the head. It's that which Hashem has given to that person, not what a person has acquired on their own through theft or, or robbery. Right, right. <laughs> so, yep. uh, and Rosh Hashanah is that time. You're, you're absolutely correct. Now, also the, the Zohar teaches that man is the essence of the world, and that his corruption and robbery truly infects all of creation. Now, I I know we kind of talked about this in the last show on theft, uh, because Hashem tells us that he's going to destroy all flesh. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, PETA would be asking, (laughs) well, why would God kill all the animals? Certainly they weren't stealing. Well, and, you know, by and large, they would be right. Unfortunately, as I mentioned in that show, indeed, the eyes are the window to the soul. As it says right here in the Zohar, uh, corruption and robbery infects all of creation, including the animals who see and witness uh, humans, supposedly the highest form of life on planet Earth. They witness these people basically lowering themselves to the standard of having to steal 
from each other. And so therefore, because the animals had witnessed all of this, they basically uh, had to die as, as well. And how do we know this? Because the fish, the marine life, was allowed to survive. Well, why were they allowed to survive? Well, because they weren't on the surface and were not, like the, the land animals, they were not uh, in a position to be viewing all of this sin going on, this thievery and this robbery and the corruption. Uh, so therefore, they were allowed to continue uh, to, to exist. And it is interesting because even with people with pets, often pets become a reflection in many ways of their owners in terms of their behavior. And often, you know, if, if an animal is being abused, well, obviously the person who's abusing them is an abuser, but uh, they tend to have very twisted psychological development that uh, they're not developing as animals even as they would under, uh, you know, better conditions. So our interaction with animals is, is quite telling, I think. It, it really is. And, you know, I think uh, organizations like PETA do have their place. Uh, I think, sadly... Uh, they go. To, they can tend to go to extremes sometimes, uh, and by that I mean uh, the preservation of animal life at the expense mm. of humans. Uh, and you know that obviously is not Torah based. Um, however, it is Torah based to to take care of the animals. Yeah. And indeed, and indeed, we should. We shouldn't be abusing animals. So uh, I guess you know if somebody were to ask me if I agree with uh, Peter's position, my answer would be yes and no. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. If any of you were confused, I, I, you know this might confuse you a little bit more. So uh, and also uh, you know, just kind of elaborate a little bit further on this. Rabbi Hirsch uh, commentates on a, a midrashic teaching that that man stole uh, from one another in in such petty ways uh, that were you know again, not subject to the authority of the courts. And though this is not you know, the gravest of, of sins, it is morally damaging in the extreme because thievery within the letter of the law weakens the consciousness and corrupts the social fabric, mm. which is precisely what happened in the, in the generations of Noah. Right. It had so damaged the, the fabric of society that people just willy-nilly uh, were stealing and, and, and robbing from everybody all the time, constantly with, with no remorse in, in doing so. Uh, so we see, and I totally agree with Rabbi Hirsch, that it does destroy uh, the moral fabric, the social fabric of, of societies. Yeah. And also, if we look at uh, uh, Midrash uh, Rabbah for uh, Genesis 31.5, it says, And this is what the people of the age of the flood used to do. When a man brought out a basket full of lupines for sale, one would come to seize less than a peruta's worth, and then everyone would come and seize less than a peruta's worth, so that he had no redress at law. Whereupon the Holy One, blessed be he, said, You have acted improperly, so will I too to deal with you improperly. There you, you see in, in that Midrash, that, you know, kind of the example that I gave you, that here's this individual who's worked so hard to create the, these lupines that uh, he had them stolen from him in such a petty way, one at a time. Yeah. I see we're bumping up against the bottom of the hour. Boy, yep. this time just flies by. <laughs> Folks, stick around. We'll, we're going to continue on with theft as soon as we get back from the break.
It's four o'clock in the morning, and you have to go to the bathroom again. Don't just suffer. Get Preso, made from all natural ingredients grown right here in Israel. Preso brand Opuntima capsules can help men suffering from prostate or urinary problems and women suffering from incontinence or cystitis. Don't just suffer. Get Preso on the web at www.preso.com. That's P-R-I-S-S-O.com. When IDF soldiers are out in the field, they can really use a good pizza or some freshly baked goods. You can't beat our donuts. They're real donuts. Show them that you care. Send a tasty gift to an IDF soldier. Visit our website at Herbie'sBakeShop.com. That's Herbie with a Y. Just fill out the order online. They'll love you for it. Or you can make the Israel National Radio staff's day by sending them coffee or a pizza break. Just fill out the order online. Herbie'sBakeShop.com. Herbie'sBakeShop.com. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you sticking around. Prescott and I are here for the next half hour. And I would like to take a moment just to say thanks to all of our listeners from around the world who have been with us for, gosh, over a year now. And I also want to welcome our new friends at Radio Shalom out of Montreal, Canada at 16.50 a.m. Welcome aboard, folks, and glad to have you, and we appreciate you being with us today. Uh, Also, Prescott and I want to tell everyone that we certainly love to receive your comments and questions, and we hope that you will continue sending those to us at noahide at israelnationalradio.com. And, of course, you can learn more about Noahides and the Noahide Nations organization at www.noahidenations.com. In fact, uh, we're in the middle of upgrading and enhancing the Noahide Nation's website, and there is some construction going on, so if you run into a bit of a mess when you visit, you know, please bear with us as we make this transition. I guarantee it will be worth it. If you thought the site had a lot before, wait till we flip the switch on in January for the updated site. Oh, I would also like to apologize for the last segment, as it seems we had some technical difficulties with my microphone, but hopefully we have that all sorted out, and uh, we're good to go for this segment here on the Noahide Nation show. Uh, We've been talking on the subject of theft, a vitally important uh, subject. In, in a variety of ways. I mean, there's just numerous ways that, this, that not committing theft is, is just critical in, in Hashem's creation. And in fact, during the break, we were kind of uh, talking about theft because these are the kinds of things, once, once Prescott and I get going, we can sit and talk for an hour and, and you know, forget <laughs> about even coming back on the air. So, I'm glad we made it back, Prescott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not all talked out just yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, theft, as we've been discussing, is is uh, got a, a lot to it. And, and quite frankly, and I think I may have mentioned this, and we may have talked about it in the last show on theft, uh, that theft actually occurs in, in every, uh, well, let, let me put it this way, when you commit theft, it violates every one of the, the commandments. It's sad mm. 
to say that, but when you come to the realization of theft and what it is, in essence, you're violating, in our case, the, the entire Shevimitz uh, vote, the, the, the seven Noahide laws, the code uh, for Noahides. And it's, it's, it's truly uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and once revealed, it's easy to understand why Hashem destroyed all flesh uh, uh, because of theft. Thankfully, and I say this you know, in, in an odd sort of way, thankfully, through an act of mercy, Hashem saved uh, Noah and his family. And I say thankfully because it, Hashem very easily could have destroyed, destroyed all of man so that there would be no uh, future no. man, as it were. But in this case, Hashem found mm-hmm. uh, favor in uh, uh, Noah, he even says he, he walked with Noah. Noah walked with God. And because of this, and because of the man that Noah was, he preserved mankind. But obviously, uh, after the flood, it wasn't easy. <laughs> and that's that's for uh, another day. In fact, I remember doing an interview with uh, Adam and, and Wayne Simpson on his book of uh, Noah, you know, founder of civilizations. I can guarantee you, when the flood receded, that's when the real work began for Noah and, and his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, a thought had just occurred to me, and uh, uh, just on the whole uh, issue of, uh, you know, re- in, in essence, what saved man was judgment, uh, in the sense that if we had been left to go our own course, we would have ended up destroying ourselves anyway. And uh, so it was really, uh, it was really an act of kindness, I guess, in that sense. Uh, uh, but I, I was just thinking about the contemporary situation with uh, some of the political uh, things that are going on around us, um, uh, and and how people are are obsessing over the idea that we're now destroying ourselves by destroying our environment and so on. Um, and these are the very people that are actually trying to convince everybody that we're really good by nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how are they, how are they spelling nature? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean, uh, especially with some you know, recent discoveries uh, in the area of uh, global warming, hmm. uh, which, based on some of the recent findings, apparently isn't happening at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I'm sure most of the folks uh, have heard about this. If they haven't, I'll go ahead and share it with you. They yeah. found like a thousand emails that had scientists writing back and forth that they, they couldn't make the numbers work and they had to, to fudge the numbers in order to get global warming to work. And here it's going to wind up costing you know, the, the population of, of the world $145 trillion to be able to take care of it. And it yeah. might be one of the biggest hoaxes that's ever happened uh, to mankind. Yeah, talk about theft on a, on a grand scale. Exactly. You know? Um, and it's interesting, too, watching that, that there are more people now that are willing to uh, speak out who before uh, were silenced because they were often referred to as uh, denialists. Uh, because, oh, yeah. You know, oh, because yeah. they didn't buy ridiculed. in. ridiculed. And that's, yep. you know, that's how, uh, sadly, liberals, you know, if they can't debate the, the topic with you in yep. an intelligent fashion, uh, they then start calling you names. Yeah. Well, well, that's what it became reduced to pretty quickly. (laughs) Now, you you mentioned uh, liberals, and uh, I think it's kind of interesting because just before the break, you had um, you had mentioned that there are some issues with PETA that you actually might actually support. Uh, Would you typically call PETA liberals? 
I I would, uh, <laughs> and in some cases to the extreme, yeah. but in other cases uh, not at all. I, yeah. I would say some of the decisions, some of the uh, things that they do, indeed fight for are torah based i, I, I don't agree. believe i don't believe they do it because it's yeah. torah based but <laughs> you know, some of what they do uh, indeed indeed is yeah and i think i think that similarly i think that similarly when we come to something like uh, climate change or global warming or man-made global warming um that there are some issues that i think that as noahides we need to that we have in common with those groups I, th- I agree. Yeah, I think that uh, when it comes to the way that we do treat the planet, um, that in many ways it's abusive. Now, is it leading to climate change or is it leading to global warming? Is it man-made global warming and do we need to inflict uh, everybody with these kinds of draconian uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, laws to uh, regulate us in this way? Uh, I, no, I don't think that we need to go in that direction, but I think that we need to, as Noahides, recognize that there is, um, uh, that we are involved in polluting what we've been given dominion over. I agree. And we're destroying what we've been called to look after and called to care for. And uh, so we need to sometimes find a way of of approaching some of these subjects in a non-political way, which is kind of hard to do because it's become so politicized. Exactly. And I mean, uh, When you have governments gathering... Yeah. Uh, uh, trying to come up with a a treaty, they call Mm. it, you know, it has gotten to a point where it is so political. And when you think about it, that's where these groups get their money from. Yeah. Is is from the the politicians uh, that support what they believe in. And, of course, the politicians simply want their votes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, and and that's another reason, you know, not to steer too far off the subject. (laughs) It's another reason why we are not supposed to be, you know, condemning of individuals. You know, you cannot hate the person. You can hate the crime or hate the sin, but you cannot hate the person because we, we uh, sooner or later are going to find that we have something in common uh, with that individual. In fact, we might have a lot more than just yeah. something in common. Yep. And you just never know. Uh, and this is one of those examples. But yeah. um, I, I do believe that there are many out there right now that are trying to steal uh, from their fellow man uh, using as vehicles things like uh, animals, uh, yeah. things like global warming. And uh, I find that you know uh, offensive. Uh, but at the same time, I do uh, agree with some of what they are they are saying, yeah. like the preservation uh, of of Earth. And why not you know grab your community, uh, everyone grab a garbage bag and walk down the river and start cleaning up the paper and debris and you know all of that we you know we can do things like that even one day a week would go a long way yeah yeah and and i think that uh, as we as we begin to use the noahide laws as the path or the guide for understanding right and wrong then left and right falls by the wayside because we're not interested in promoting a left or a right political idea we're interested in promoting torah truth Right. And, and and that and that keeps us out of falling into those camps and uh, and keeps us uh, you know from uh, uh, committing uh, again many of the people because they honestly sincerely believe these uh, causes to be right and just um, that uh, you know because they've been misled but they're very sincere when they if we can teach them the truth about how to approach these subjects and and how uh, how the whole framework of Noahism and the Shabbat Mitzvot work, 
then uh, you can pull them out of the areas that uh, that are really, you know, they're taking the whole thing off track. And mm-hmm. uh, and again, it's uh, it's often about how they want to take and redistribute wealth and and take money from our pockets and put it into someone else's pockets for their cause. Usually theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's who's getting rich is the people who are uh, advocating this the spending of 145 trillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and seeing as we've you know fast forwarded to you know examples of, of today, <laughs> uh, you know let's talk about a few other ones that uh, you know because as it's just you know regular folks, uh, there's no way we can get uh, to Copenhagen and and even utter a sound uh, against what these people are trying to do. But you know some of these other things are more common place for you know folks like us for example uh, uh have you ever had uh, a, a home repair fraud which we we often hear about we have a contractor who comes over and and you pay him half to to to, to start the job and they get started and then they never come mm-hmm. back or you they do the whole job and you pay them completely and there's something that needs to be uh, fixed and you don't see them <laughs> again yeah. uh, you know all of us uh, well I should say most of us especially if we're homeowners uh, have experienced uh, the, you know this this type of thing how about identity theft yeah my gosh I, identity theft is like uh, you know a number one uh, on the list of, of thievery these days mm-hmm. is identity theft. You know, and then of course there's you know theft of life, and you know not to uh, dwell on it, but uh, certainly uh, abortion is indeed theft. Uh, it you know it violates other uh, others of the of the no hide laws as well, but it is certainly theft because you're stealing the life of an individual, and life is not ours. In fact, yeah. it's a violation of Torah to commit suicide. Because even our own life is not ours. It is Hashem's. He created us. He is the owner. Yeah. And, and therefore, uh, abortion is, a, is very much so a violation of Hashem's Torah. But, you know, these are things that go on on a regular basis. And, you know, when we first, this society uh, here in America started talking about abortion, I mean, it was... I mean, it was absolutely uh, against what the country wanted, believed in, was going to pay for. I mean, it was a, it was huge. I mean, there was a, a mm. huge wall for for the the liberal side, I'll say, to get through. And yep. yet, they they still have. And and it's because it's they've just a little at a time got us to truly believe that it is the choice of a woman to go ahead and commit murder in, yep. in essence, which of course I I don't agree with, and that's why nowadays it really isn't a big deal but but isn't it interesting they they did that by stealing uh in in many ways stealing the dignity of the unborn mm-hmm. by by convincing people that the unborn uh was not really a human being right. and and uh now of course the tide is turning because at the time they didn't have the kind of technology that they're using today as they're looking at that unborn fetus more and more people younger people are becoming uh, educated about what really is taking place in those early months and that it's no longer a case of where this is not an individual human being. They're now seeing that it really is. And uh, and so the numbers are changing. And I don't think it's just because people have gotten a conscience. I think it's because people are now seeing, using our technology, that, in fact, the unborn really do, they, they really are... Uh, uh, you know they're really human beings 
you know, they're not just another, you know, uh, organ, as it were, in the body that uh, strangely developed for some strange reason and then comes out nine months later. Right. (laughs) Well, and, you know, when, uh, you know, people don't realize this. Uh, when they are, you know, in fact, if there's anyone out there, they can correct me uh, if, if I'm wrong on this, but I believe Torah uh, suggests that uh, life begins at conception. Irregardless of, of that fact, it's, it's certainly soon after conception, if it's not conception, but I believe it is conception. But the thing that people don't understand is that a man and a woman, you know, regardless of if they're married or not, and of course they, they should be uh, married because they're you know they're raising a family, but irregardless, they are now in partnership with Hashem mm. in the act of creation. Right. You know, Hashem provides the the soul. Uh, we we don't as humans, but we as humans literally through an through an act of uh, of love or whatever are creating a physical being. And Hashem provides the soul, and so therefore we are in partnership with Hashem. So by aborting that child, I mean, I just think about what does that do to Hashem? How happy is he with that situation going yeah. on on a, on a regular basis to the tune of millions of lives being taken? You know, many talk about uh, uh, you know how many people Hitler killed, uh, how many people you know Mao killed. Let's talk about our society. Yeah. How many people have we as a society killed? Yeah. You know, and then we'll talk about people who are, are, are doing the exterminating of, of other individuals. Yeah. Well, I, I, I remember one time having a, a conversation with uh, uh, an atheist who uh, uh, was being very critical, was talking about how, uh, uh, you know, for the Catholic Church hated women and how uh, during the... Uh, uh, the time of the Inquisition, how how many uh, people were uh, murdered, and I I responded by basically saying, well, uh, it sounds to me like you're very uh, you know that you're very much a, a, a women's lib type individual. I assume you support abortion and uh, and a woman's right to abortion, in which they responded and said they did. And I said, well, how many lives have been destroyed by? Roe v. Wade, how many lives have been destroyed, you know, by allowing abortion, you're criticizing uh, an organization that over many, many years may have killed, I I understand that the numbers are all over the place on that because nobody can agree what the real numbers are. Right. You have to break into some emails. (laughs) (laughs) But we do know, we do know that since, uh, I guess what, in the early 70s, 1972 or whatever, we do know that we're talking about millions. We're talking about millions of unborn children that uh, that have uh, been uh, killed as a result of abortion. Anyway, it's uh, it's a very serious matter, and yes, it is all ties back into the idea that everything that we have here belongs to Hashem. He gave it to us. We are stewards, as it were, and we have a responsibility. But we don't have the right to take what He has given us uh, because that is theft. On a grand scale. Oh, yeah. In fact, if you look at it in any way, it's uh, that which Hashem has provided for us to use yeah. uh, temporarily. Now, you know, we were talking about things that, you know, we can identify pretty regularly with, uh, you know, some of the, you know, the home repair, the identity theft. Uh, uh, you know, here's some things that you really don't hear a lot about. Uh, for example, the gas pump. 
I don't know if you know this or not, or if any changes have been made uh, to a gas pump itself, but actually when you're standing there filling a gas pump, or filling from the gas pump, uh, and you stop filling, there's actually gasoline still in the line that's actually been rung up on your tab. So when you put that hose back into the uh, gas pump, uh, you've actually paid for part of uh, the next person who's filling up. And I'm sure that's how the, the oil companies would justify that. Is, well, you're getting some, you know, a little bit free from the previous person. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but, uh, but, you know, that's an interesting little thing that, you know, a lot of folks really don't know about. And, you know, some, some others might be, well, and this has happened to me. Have you ever, uh, Prescott, have you ever loaned out a tool that you never saw again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, technically, I guess I gave it away. <laughs> uh, yeah, unbeknownst to you. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was loaning it. I gave it away. <laughs> right. Well, and here's here's uh, uh, you know another one. Uh, you know, have you ever lent money to someone? Which again, you 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 lent it never to be seen again, uh, and yet you had the expectation and possibly were even told that you were going to be paid back, and and yet that simply. Uh, was not the case. It became a charitable donation. <laughs> You're very kind. Uh, I, I like the way you think. That's that's the glass half full for sure. <laughs> uh, now you want to, Now you would like to borrow fifty bucks, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say we'll have to talk. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you can kind of see that even in things that we don't know, the things that we do every day, uh, you know, to either help people out or you know, things that we're just doing on our own, uh, you can see theft. I'll bet we experience yeah. theft at least once a day. Ev- yeah. Everyone, yeah, and and oftentimes they don't even know it's happening. Yeah, another uh, another item there is that apparently, if you loan somebody something. Um, it is my understanding you're not even permitted to go and retrieve that without informing the individual that uh, you are doing so because you are acting like a thief, even if it's you're taking something of yours back. Hmm, that's uh, interesting. I wasn't uh, really aware of that. I wonder yeah. if that's where our lawmakers had the uh, a search warrant, the yeah. reason for its invention, that you're actually notifying people up front that we're going to search the premises. And even yeah. though it's only a moment before you search the premises, yeah. it is a notification. So, <laughs> Well, and I thought it was interesting because it does, it, it's like a lot of the other laws, even acting out uh, these things, even if we're not actually committing theft because we're actually taking something that belongs to us, that just the act itself, acting out, is part of the problem of how we learn to to do wrong is often in these very small and innocent ways and if we actually train ourselves to not even do those things that we think are permissible, that uh, it keeps us from developing, you know, worse habits uh, over time. Right, right. And uh, uh, here we go. We're, we've bumped up against the top of the hour, Damn. and uh, <laughs> we're just simply out of time. And, uh, boy, I can guarantee you we haven't even scratched the surface on theft. But theft, I'll guarantee you, is a biggie. In, in Torah, and we're going to continue this discussion on theft. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be next week or the week after. I, th- I think we've got an interview uh, next week, which uh, is going to be on a, a, a book, a, oh, yeah. a guide uh, for Noahide. So uh, I hope you all will uh, come and join us next week uh, for that interview, because I think you'll get a lot 
out of it. And in the meantime, thanks for being with us. We will see you all next week. And always remember, my friends, to always look to the heavens for your help from Hashem, because I assure you, He is always looking out for you. We'll see you next week. See you next week, Prescott. Okay, see you, Ray. Hey, what's that new stuff you're using to uh, brush your teeth with? Tohar oil. Tohar oil? Where's that from? Israel. Israel? Israel. You want a natural herbal total tooth and mouth cleansing experience? Now from Israel, Shemana Tohar. Get a bottle of etheric oil formula and a container of mineral enriched powder which absorbs germs and bacteria. Get the Tohar oil treatment kit. Visit www.shemen-hatohar.com. Shemen-hatohar.com. Politics, Jewish mysticism, end of days, human interest stories, the all-new Tamar Yona Show. The show broadcasts live Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday and Monday nights, 12 midnight. Add seven hours for Israel time. Join me, Tamar Yona, on IsraelNationalRadio.com. Don't miss it. It's the best show to crash to.